While much valuable Christian literature from prior centuries has been republished in recent years, the particular Baptists have been largely ignored. Yet, their contributions in the areas of biblical exegesis, theology, history, and practical Christian living have much to offer today's church. The particular Baptists have always demonstrated a firm and faithful commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ, its proclamation to all the world, and the inspiration, inerrancy, and absolute authority of all of Scripture. We at Particular Baptist Heritage Books desire to champion this God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, word-centered legacy by producing high-quality, handcrafted, hard-cased editions of Particular Baptist works, which we hope will endure for generations to come. Particular Baptist Heritage Books is a nonprofit publishing ministry founded in connection with a local church. With the help from an advisory board consisting of Calvinistic Baptist pastors and scholars, we seek to preserve the history, theology, and relevancy of our particular Baptist forebears by publishing and promoting their most important literary works. Our mission is to glorify God and to strengthen His church by furnishing Christians with the very best of the particular Baptist literary heritage. And so we invite you, come and deepen your Baptist roots at www.particularbaptistbooks.com www.particularbaptistbooks.com Welcome to Confessing the Faith, a theological and devotional walk through the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. I am your host, Sam Waldron, pastor of Grace Reformed Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky, and president of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Last time I introduced the notion that Christ alone is the ground of justification by faith alone. Chapter 11 of the 69 speaks to this when it says that we are justified not for anything wrought in us or done by us, but for Christ's sake alone, not by imbuing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience to them as their righteousness, but by imputing Christ's active obedience unto the whole law and passive obedience in his death for their whole and soul righteousness. Having seen the necessity, agent, and meaning of justification, consider next the ground of justification. Its basis or ground is found in the fact that God declares us righteous. But the question is, on what basis does he do this? What is the righteousness which he takes into account when he says we are righteous? Some have understood Romans 4, 3 to 5 to teach that God looks at our faith or our evangelical obedience as the basis for his verdict that we are righteous. When Paul says, quoting Genesis 15, 6, that Abraham's faith was credited for righteousness. This is the way they take Paul, Paul's meaning. The truth is that such an interpretation is a radical betrayal of the biblical doctrine of justification. And I want to talk about the biblical proof for that. Why must we not say that faith itself or our evangelical obedience is the ground of our justification? Well, the following considerations vindicate the truth mentioned above. First, 
It is not faith in itself, but faith is that which possesses Christ, of which Paul is speaking in Romans 4.5. We speak of a ring being worth a large sum of money, even though it is not the band which is so valuable, but the diamond set in the ring. In the same way, Paul speaks of faith being counted for righteousness because it is a faith which holds and possesses Christ. Secondly, our obedience is not perfect and thus does not meet God's perfect standard of righteousness. Further, even if it were perfect, it could not obtain the forgiveness of sins, which is part of justification. Thirdly, justification is not by our works. Many places in Scripture, Romans 3.20, 4.2, 10, 3, and 4, Galatians 2.16, Galatians 3.11, Galatians 5.4, Philippians 3.9, not being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, Paul says, or by my own works. Fourthly, justification is by grace. It is not a reward for anything we do. Romans 3.24 speaks of being justified as a gift by his grace. And Romans 5.15-21 talks about how grace reigns in justification. Fifthly, justification is in Christ. So many passages again, Acts 13, 38 and 39, Romans 8, 1, 1 Corinthians 6, 11, Galatians 2, 17. It is in union with Christ, not in our own deeds or merit that we are justified. Sixthly, it is through Christ's blood and death that we are justified. Romans 3, 24 and 25, being justified by his blood, being justified by Christ. Romans 8, 33 and 34, Romans 5, 9. Seventhly, it is by the righteousness of God that we are justified. Romans 1, 17, 3, 21 and 22, Romans 10, 3, Philippians 3, 9. Uh, all of these passages emphasize that we are justified by the righteousness of God. Now, wouldn't it be a strange interpretation indeed if we define the glorious righteousness of God mentioned in all of these texts as our faith or our evangelical obedience, how can our faith, considered in itself, uh, or our evangelical obedience, defective as it is, be thought of or called the righteousness of God? And finally, eighthly, justification is grounded in the righteousness of Christ's obedience. Romans 5, 17 to 19 is the clear, clear passage here. By the one obedience of the one man, we are justified. And so for all these reasons, the basis of our justification, that which God eyes when he declares us righteous, must be Christ's obedience alone. We must look outside of ourselves to Christ alone for righteousness. To paraphrase Luther, we must be justified by an alien righteousness. To paraphrase him again, in myself outside of Christ, I am a sinner. In Christ outside of myself, I am a righteous man.